Hello and welcome to the Victory Devotional Podcast. We invite you to take the next few minutes to connect with God, hear His voice, and respond in worship and prayer. Here's today's message. Amen and amen. Okay, we're going to look at Matthew 16 again on the purpose of the church. And they, at this time, they were on the base of Mount Hermon. And um, it was a casual day, at least in the minds of the disciples. And while they did some ministry, Jesus really wanted to spend some time with the disciples. So let's pick up Matthew chapter 16. Let's pick up the story in verses 13 and we'll go until 20. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do, pe- who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, well, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the kingdoms of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. So I'm sure the gulat yung disciples, right? I mean, at first, Jesus was just asking, so anong tingin ng mga tao? Anong sinasabi nila, right? So it's very casual. And then, he puts them on the spot. Eh kayo, how about you? Who do you say that I am? So it's almost like today, let's say you're with your friends who you kind of know, but let's say you're not close with. You're talking about the, uh, siya, so of the polls, the election polls, the presidential surveys. Oh, ano ba? Sino na ba number one? Sino na ba number two? And then somebody turns to you, ikaw, sinong iboboto mo? Especially these days, di ba? That's so loaded, di ba? So parang, it's awkward. Mayroon siya, mapapapause ka muna ng konti and you have to analyze before you answer. So it's kind of like that here. And clearly, the people were very divided. See, they didn't know what to make of Jesus. Um, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but he grew up in Nazareth, which was very small. And that's why Nathaniel, one of the disciples himself, uh, earlier on, he said this in John chapter 2, I think it was John chapter 1, he said, does anything good come out of Nazareth? In other words, Nazareth was so insignificant, it was so small, walang nangyayari doon. And so Jesus is from this little itty-bitty town for out of nowhere, but yet he taught with great power and authority. And he did miracles. So people were confused. Again, they didn't know where to, how to categorize him, where to frame him, or who he was. And so again, others said, hey, maybe it's John the Baptist, or Elijah uh, resurrected, or it's Jeremiah, or one of the Old Testament prophets. But notice this, with all the confusion surrounding Jesus, no one ever said, Jesus is the Messiah. And so through this fog of confusion of people's opinions, Peter spoke boldly and clearly. And Peter said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And this confession by Peter became a milestone in the ministry of Jesus, in the formation of the church, and in the lives of the disciples. In fact, 
the very next verse, we stopped at 20, verse 21 says, From that time, okay, from this time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. In other words, from this moment, when they understood by revelation who Jesus truly was then, now Jesus felt, now they can understand who he is, why he came, and, and, and what his mission here on earth was. So this was a turning point. Something clicked or something turned on inside their minds and in their hearts. Now again, we're all familiar with this passage because there's some controversy about this passage. Um, some take it uh, as justification to uh, name uh, Peter as the first pope or as the rock that's being referred to here. And in fairness, grammatically, medyo nga naman vague, di ba? I mean, you, you could argue that. There is legitimate uh, grounds for arguing that if you look at it again grammatically. But that's why, again, we have to look at the entire council of Scripture. Because the church cannot simply be built on a person. And within a few chapters, true enough, Peter himself betrayed Jesus Christ. He failed. And and obviously, again, that's why the church cannot be built on, because we're fallen. You know, people are fallen. We, we have a sinful nature. We fail. And in fact, Peter himself acknowledged that. And that's why he allowed himself to be held accountable by the other apostles in the book of Acts. And he even turned, transferred the leadership of the church over to James and then to Paul, even with this, within his own lifetime. So Peter understood his lane. He was an apostle to the Jews. And he was glad to play the part that he did in the early uh, growth of the church, which was a big part, but just a part among others. Whereas the scripture is very clear that we cannot lay any other foundation other than Jesus Christ. He is the head of the church. He is the cornerstone of the church. And again, he is the foundation of the church. Jesus will build his church. And so what then? is the rock that the church was to be built on. It's that revelation of the true identity of Jesus Christ. Okay, So remember, this only comes supernaturally. Jesus said it can only come from the Father. So it's not information. It's not facts. It's a revelation. All, most of us listening uh, this morning grew up with the information and the facts of who Jesus was and is. But it's not information or facts that changes lives. It's our revelation from God. It's when we understand Jesus as Lord and Savior, but then it becomes revelation that changes our lives. That is the rock upon which the church is to be built on. And maybe I can explain it this way. As a very young believer, I must have been a believer about four years or five years at this point. And, you know, this statement, let me throw this statement out to you. Christianity is all about what Jesus did on the cross. I mean, that's so basic and plain in general, right? I mean, it's just everyone knows that. But I was a believer for about four years at this point. And then Pastor Steve Merle was preaching at the time at Victory Makati. And it wasn't even his point, okay? It was a side comment. I'm sure he wouldn't even remember saying it, but he said, he said that Christianity is all about what Jesus Christ did on the cross. A very basic 
statement. But I remember sitting there that morning. And I can picture it to this day. In the Mondragon building, if you were there, I can picture where I was seated. And it's almost like I can picture the words as soon as it left Pastor Steve's mouth. It's like in the air, God took it and then branded it into my heart. Those, those very plain and basic words. God took it and branded it into my heart that it became formative for me, for my faith, for my theology, and for my ministry. That Christianity is all about what Jesus did on the cross. Because up until that point, I remember as a young believer, I was still a student, when I discipled others, yung cross, gusto ko matapos ka agad. Parang to me, basics lang yan. Tapusin natin yung cross. Because after the cross, then we get to the good part. Now let's talk about reaching the nations, reaching the cities, reaching the campuses. To me, that was the best part of Christianity. But when God took those words and branded it into my heart, it was a paradigm shift for me. It's not about the mission. It's about what Jesus did on the cross. It became a supernatural revelation that changed again my life and the way I see the world and ministry. And so once that's, once that's clear who Christ is, then it becomes we can now understand and participate in the mission of Christ. The purpose of the church then, therefore, or the primary purpose is to build a spiritual community on the revelation of the true identity of Christ. Again, not the information, not the facts, but men and women who have received His Lordship and Jesus as Savior as a revelation in their hearts and in their minds where it shaped and changed and transformed their lives and the way they do life. So in other words, we don't meet every Sunday out of obligation just because, you know, I grew up in this culture and that's what everybody does or that's what's expected of me. We don't gather as a church every Sunday because, you know, it's, it's a religion. Jesus didn't come to establish a religion. We gather every Sunday because after receiving that revelation of who Christ is that changed our lives, we're joined together, we're built together, and we grow together as a body of Christ. And just in closing, on the birth of the church in Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, Peter stood with the twelve, again, with all the other disciples, and then he preached, okay? And this is what he said in closing, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. So again, in other words, the church is a spiritual community who lives under the rule of Christ and who lives for the mission of Christ. And so if you're listening this morning and you know all about Jesus, you know all about the Bible, you know all about Christianity, but it's all information and facts to you, ask God, ask God to reveal Himself to you in a way that will change your lives and will shape the way you think and the way you live. Lord, if, if that's you, let me just pray a quick prayer for you. Lord, if anyone prayed that, this, that prayer this morning, Lord, reveal yourself to them. Change them. Reach out to them. Reach into their hearts, into their minds, and into their souls. Lord, give them a supernatural revelation of who you are and who they are in light of who you are. We give you, Father, all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's close again in worship. Thank mm-hmm. you.
Peace for my suffering, joy for my weeping. New life is beginning now. Your grace never failing, your love never ending. Forever we sing it loud. Peace for my suffering, joy for my weeping. New life is beginning now. Your grace never failing, your love never ending. Forever we sing it loud. Peace for my suffering, joy for my weeping. New life is beginning now. Your grace never failing, your love never ending. Forever we sing it loud. Peace for my suffering, joy for my weeping. New life is beginning now. Your grace never failing, your love never ending. Forever we sing it loud. Sing a new song to our God. For in Him we have overcome. Raise the anthem of our love. Hallelujah, our hope has come. Sing a new song to our God. For in Him we have overcome. Raise the anthem of our love. has come oh hope has come mm -hmm. amen all right so before you go allow me to pray a prayer of blessing over you the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you the lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Good morning and God bless you. Stay safe. Thanks for joining us today. We hope this helps you build a habit of hearing from God daily. For more messages like these, follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcast. If you'd like to watch these messages every weekday morning, visit us on facebook.com slash victoryph.